Everybody, 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 drop your buff. Stop, 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 Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross. I'm Evan Ross Katz. And I'm we... matching your cadence. Yeah, you are. Well, <laughs> we're in sync now. We synced up now that mm-hmm. we spent so much time together in LA, which I know people want to hear about. We'll talk about it a little bit. First of all, I just, as a little housekeeping, I have to apologize for the audio quality. I was so frustrated last week because it's our first and only time so far recording in person. I trucked my microphone out to LA. It's a, it's not a small microphone. It's heavy. It takes up a lot of space in my bag that I could have brought, you know, a second pair of shoes or something. <laughs> we set it all up and lo and behold, it recorded through my computer mic. So classic case of not doing a test before recording. I learned a lesson. Which it should be noted is just so unlike you. I know. Principle. Like I feel like we like triple check things that I didn't even know were capable of being double checked. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, but I I think people will give us grace. And I think if I I, I can't say it because right, I'm the podcaster, not the listener, but I have to say if if I listened to a podcast regularly and the co-host in in person for the very first time, I would excuse a lack of audio quality because I would be excited about having co-hosts together in person. Yeah. I'm sure that people were very excited. Although, you did mention I had a lot of eye contact. You did have a lot of eye contact, but you know what? I, I feel safe now because I'm back in my setup and I can mm-hmm. not stare, stare into your eyes. <laughs> Why don't you like staring into my eyes? It's just uncomfortable because, okay, it, but- because when I talk on a podcast, it's not necessarily like how I would talk. You know yeah, what I mean? No, so it I, all yeah, feels no, weird. Okay. So it's not that you have issue with looking into my eyes. It's looking into my eyes in this specific setting. Yes, I can okay. look into your eyes any old day. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm, I just, I'm glad we cleared glad that. we cleared that up. Do we? How do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about what happened? What happened with us? And oh yeah, and yeah, 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 Ozzy. Yeah, because I know people are curious. We posted this picture uh, where we were sandwiched by winners, which was a Tyson and Parvati. And we also posted a picture with Ozzy. What happened? What happened was. Um, well, we collectively were invited to attend Parvati's surprise 40th birthday. 41st. 41st, excuse me, 41st. Um, it was in, do you remember where we were? Like the, what, Malibu. What, but it like, was it, when I, when people, when you say Malibu, there's an association that like is not where we were. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. It was not Malibu Beach. It was Malibu Hills. So it was like deeper in. Okay. We were deep. We, uh, I think it was about an hour and 10 minute-ish uh, car ride that we had to take from West, West Hollywood, where, where Sean and I were staying, to this party, which was like, basically, May Martin had rented an Airbnb for the party. And so mm-hmm. it was a lovely, lovely home, just very far away. I mean, we were on like one lane streets that like had cliffs off the side of them. It seemed tenuous at multiple moments. Our Uber driver was not pleased with us. No. And you know what? It was, that was a harrowing experience. But before we carry on, I need to correct something. Uh, you said that we were invited collectively. Actually, you were invited and I invited myself. 
Well, I was like, I, mean, I, was, I was trying to, I was being kind. <laughs> well, can I say this? You invited yourself, but you were a very welcome person there in the sense that when I went out to May to ask if you could come, I was like, this isn't like me asking for a plus one. This is me asking if I can bring another friend of Parvati's. So I do think that's mm. like worth clarifying. Yeah, I have to say that I was very nervous leading up to this that I think that you have a better uh, relationship. I mean, you've talked to Parvati more. I've talked to Parvati like a few times, you know, like off the pod. Uh, but I didn't know if I was going to show up to this place and Parvati was going to be like, who's that? Or worse, why is he here? <laughs> but I had very much the opposite reaction where she jumped up and went, oh my God, Sean's here. And so like, that was very heartwarming. Yeah, and it was like us and then a bunch of Parvati's like, legit close friends, which I guess, you know what? We're among them now. Um, <laughs> and we got to meet Parvati's daughter, Ama, which for me was a real highlight. She is, I mean, I was about to say she's a young Parvati, but it's like, well, yeah, most kids are young versions of their parents, but like in all of the sensibilities, and I say that specifically in like, we know and love Parvati for like everything that she brings to Survivor. And it's like, you couldn't help but see like, I don't know, I had, like, visions of Ama in, like, 2020, wait, 2040, I don't know, whatever, yeah. Well, you On only have beat, to be 16 now. 16 years old, one foot years. off the pole, the other one on it, you know, hanging off. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Ama's really, really cool. I, like, literally, I was like, this is, this is poverty. Yeah. So that was really wonderful. And then Ozzy showed up, because I had originally invited Ozzy as my plus one, and then I booted Ozzy when I got you as the as my plus one, but then I forgot to tell Ozzy that I had booted him. But it all worked out in the end because Ozzy was very welcome. And the funny thing is, May is a huge Survivor fan, so they were totally gooped to see Ozzy. So it was like it worked out really, really well. I mean, and uh, we too were gooped to see Ozzy. This was your first time. Oh my God, Sean, I didn't think about this. This was your first time meeting Ozzy in person. Yeah, I was literally gagged because I just assumed that Ozzy wasn't coming. And then all, and it's like getting late in the night, right? It's like we'd been there a couple hours. The party's moved inside, and all of a sudden, like I see a figure walking up, the tall, handsome figure walking up, and I'm like, "Oh my god, it's Ozzy!" And I, and yeah, yeah, it was nice. And I, I, I had to like tell him who I was. That was like. Mm -hmm. The most nerve-wracking part to be like, "Do you, uh, do you remember me over, like from two years ago?" <laughs> Did he? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, that's so funny. And also, this was our both of our first times meeting Tyson, which was very lovely. It was fun to be able to chat with him, both as a Survivor contestant, but as a fellow podcaster, because he's very opinionated, and that's fun. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, any other like top-level thoughts from you on the experience? No, I would just say that it was like incredibly iconic. It was everything that I wanted and more. A poverty is exactly who you would imagine that she would be. Yeah. She's funny. She's warm. The charisma, you know, her charisma fills the room. Everybody wants to be around her uh, in the best way. And she has no ego about it. Um, so it's just like such a lovely experience. You know, they say don't meet your heroes, but they never said don't meet your villains. How long did you practice that one? <laughs> I actually came up with that earlier today when I thought we were recording few, a few hours ago. Uh -huh. And I was like, I better write this down. And I didn't write it down, but it just came to me. So 
Okay. I mean, it's good. So I only, so really, I practiced it once. It's good. And I think it, I think it paid off. I think so too. But yeah, I mean, I would say overall it was like a very fun experience, especially to, I'm not, I come to Los Angeles about six times a year, but I'm sort of like a creature of habit in terms of where I go. And uh, it was really fun to like go on this like kind of adventure. And I feel like it really informed our time at the party because if we had just gone, you know, down the street to like, you know, some bar, I think it would have been very different. This was like, we were just like extremely secluded. It was like fire pit pool vibes. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was also really fun. That was also both of our first times meeting May. I've known May for years. I actually worked on their Netflix show, um, Feel Good, which is how I originally became a fan of them. But it was like really, really cool to meet May in person. And I think listeners of our pod know May is a huge Survivor fan. So hopefully I'm optimistic that we will have May on the on the pod soon. I would have asked them last night had I seen them, but I, I it did not have that opportunity. Yeah, well, <laughs> we had some great conversations with May about Survivor, um, weighed in on some topics we discussed exclusively on the Patreon, so uh, you might have to head over there to hear a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I really would love to hear May's thoughts on 45. I mean, the second we arrived, May was like, what do you think about the quits? Like everybody, And then and then gather everyone around. Here's what Sean and Evan think about the quits. Um, so that was really great. I also have to like, profusely, profusely thank, not that May's listening, but I have to profusely thank them for taking that photo of us with (laughs) Parvati and Tyson because I forgot to take any photos uh, and I was really kicking myself, but that is a great photo. Well, no, you took the blurry photos of us with Ozzy. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like what we really missed out on, actually, I haven't posted the Parvati Ozzy picture. I know, I've been waiting. Oh, okay. I'll do that today. But I was going to say what we really missed out on. I mean, obviously, like, we like Tyson, but, like, he's just not someone we're, like, a super fan of. And I feel like it would have been really exciting to get our Ozzy Parvati shot because I really do feel like they're, like, in our League of Legends. Um, but next time, you know? She I like the wild card. next I, year. I like the wild cardness of uh, the Tyson being in our photo because I don't think people would expect that. Yeah. And Tyson, I felt like I got on really well with Tyson. Yeah, no, Tyson was like very, very lovely. And I, he has an intensity about him, like a heterosexual male intensity that I don't often interact with in real life. But I genuinely like appreciate it because it's like he is such a strong personality. And I really, I always have gravitated towards strong personalities. So I can obviously understand like the polarizing aspects of him, but I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Also, okay, one one last thing before we move on from this, but truly one of the highlights of uh, my, not just Survivor fandom, but perhaps life was uh, getting to have, uh, oh, we, we didn't even mention, there was a fourth Survivor contestant there. Rachel, Tyson's yeah. wife. Yeah, and- Sorry, but just uh, real quick, it was really funny because when we were in the kitchen, sh- we were like, you know, she's like, how do you know Parvati, blah, blah, blah. I'm like a big fan, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, how how do you know Parvati? And she was like, oh, like my husband Tyson played on Survivor. And I go, yeah, well, so did you. And she was like, oh. <laughs> it's like, it was funny because it's like, I, it, clearly she doesn't lead with that, which I understand. Um, but it was a great moment because I was like, listen, you were on the island. I really liked her and she really knew her Survivor shit. Like she uh, had asked me who my hottest survivors were because that topic had come up and and i said well you know it's like the top one is like a little niche it's brett and she goes brett klauser from samoa and i was like okay i like you but did she know it was brett with one t (laughs) is it is it because i didn't know that i thought it's two t's oh it's two t's yeah my bad 
My yeah, bad. Don't fuck with me. You think you know a digital artist and designer. <laughs> you think you know your t-shirt designers. But no. Do you remember, just, I think people know this, but he's the one um, guest that we've asked to come on the pod that said no. <laughs> yeah, a hard no, hard no. Hard but, no. But okay, back to my story is that just like, right. I, we, I, we had everybody standing around the kitchen and, um, you know, poverty brought up into the blue two and we started talking about Amanda and then like Tyson's chiming in, Ozzy's chiming in. So just to be standing sort of like in the middle of poverty, Ozzy and Tyson swapping stories about Amanda, I like stopped, I grabbed Parvati and was like, Parvati, you know, like sometimes you're in a situation and you're like, wow, dreams really do come true. That mm -hmm. was my moment. And so I couldn't ask for a better night. No, it was truly so fun. And then we took a, what, 30, Can we save this minute? one for the Patreon? Okay. Yeah, there's more to this story, but to find out all the details, you're going to have to go to Patreon, where we do our weekly after show to our Survivor 45 recaps. Yes, okay. can I just say this we now? We can't like, spill everything that. here. But also, for the Patreon this week, I think there, I would love to discuss the, because I don't think we do it here, I would love to discuss the event that CBS held with Probst in the city this week. And then my question for you is, you tell me whether you want to talk about this here or there, but I would love to talk about the promotional push that former players have been doing on social media. It's our understanding that it's, it's unpaid, um, but I just I think we should talk about that. Do you want to do that here or after? I think show? we talk about this on the after show. So we're going to talk about the event that Survivor held sort of, and the general marketing. Of course, Probst was on Fallon uh, also the other night. So there's really a push in mid-season 45 to get people he, watching Survivor, and I've got a theory why. Uh -huh. He was caked, and I don't mean caked in the booty sense. I mean, like, the face was painted. For the back row. Like... I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into this episode eight of Survivor 45. Following a dead horse to water. We have the auction back. We have talk of a women's alliance once again that doesn't work out. And we have the loss of Kelly, a real blindside on Kelly. So let's get straight into it. What do you want to talk about first? Should we lead with the auction? Should we lead with the auction? Yeah, I feel like we have to. I feel like it was such a centerpiece of this episode, both within the episode, but the way the show itself, I was going to say iconicized. Is that a word? Let's make it one. The way the show well, <laughs> iconicized the auction, which You've is never sort been of one to be tied to, to the dictionary. Yeah, totally. Um, which is really interesting when you think about the efforts that the show has made to sort of make certain things iconography. So obviously there's like that early season stuff. The tribe has spoken, for instance, right? Like being like, we're going to say a line and we recognize that this like this is a, a part of Survivor. Um, and then obviously we have Last Gasp being like the best example of like something that is like within the show itself recognized as an iconic challenge. And I've always said like, I don't think it's iconic, but I think, but I understand that the show like has built it as iconography. Well, this now is the show for the first time, like kind of doing that again, right? Um, however, the difference being we saw Last Gasp, like Last Gasp is sort of like, oh, we're going to do the iconic challenge of the season. Whereas this was, we're going to bring back an iconic challenge. And though the auction has been iconic in the past, I don't think the auction itself is iconic so much as there are iconic auction does that delineation make sense like i don't think the auction in its in its like on its own is iconic i think it's just that there have been so many iconic moments that have happened 
during the auction that I can understand why you'd be like, well, that's that would that would make the auction iconic. But I think this episode sort of showed that I think we may have done ourselves a disservice by hyping it so much. But I have a feeling you're going to respond by saying you don't think it was overhyped. Do you think there was hype? I don't think it was overhyped. I think it was perfectly hyped. I was so thrilled to see the auction back. I hear what you're saying about sort of like, is it the auction that's iconic or is it the moments that have happened at the auction that are iconic? I think both can kind of be true. I think they complement one another. And, you know, like I said last week, it's not that every time a challenge happens that's iconic, that it has to be iconic in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more that like the idea that it's there and it's ripe for iconography, right? Right. And so like, did anything really iconic happen at this auction? I mean, not really. Like there wasn't a lot of like, besides the fish eyes, which I don't even know if those reach iconography, but it's me- it's a memorable moment from the auction. But I just have always thought that the concept of the auction is so fun. It has nothing to do with survival. It's really always been about a, an easy and fun challenge that just gets a little food in everybody's stomach and maybe disappoints a couple people and i think it delivered uh i do think it delivered on that in a big way in this episode and obviously they focused on it so much it was it was they took a lot of time at the auction Uh, they also made some changes to the auction because the last time that we saw it as jeff mentioned which which if i were jeff i wouldn't be bringing up worlds apart but uh, he did bring it up as the last time that the auction appeared but, you know, the reason it went away is, as as he even talks about uh, this week on his podcast, is that they had broken the auction, uh, and meaning that they had uh, embedded advantages, such key advantages in the auction that people wouldn't spend their money, and then you'd have multiple people bidding on things, and then it would come down to pulling rocks, which is not what the auction's about. The auction was about getting a few Doritos on a plate, if we think back to uh, the mm-hmm. Australian Outback, right? And, th- and that will, that's what was so fun about it. Like, what was fun in the beginning, remember, is like the amount of money people would spend. And yes, this money is like, it's it, yes, it's real American dollars, but it's not real money, you know? It's it's within the game. And so it's like, yeah, that D spent $900 on a chocolate milkshake is like a funny concept. Um, yes, and so like, that's absolutely. what it's all about. It's just like, let's get, let's get some food, let's get them moving. Uh, and let's like do this funny thing where we're spending tons of money on trivial stuff. Totally. And I think it delivered in that. I was just going to say my two notes, one of which I think many people might be in alignment here. I just don't think that they're that hungry um, with 26 days. I think this is one of those challenges that's really impacted by the shortened game. I'm not saying they aren't hungry, but I'm just saying in the past, there was just like, they went like apeshit in the past sometimes uh, over the most basic stuff. And so, so that was something that sort of, I don't want to say tainted, but changed the way I viewed this. But... My big qualm, and I do like think there's a there there here. This was the moment that I really felt like the cast was performing being on Survivor. Just the reactions, Emily's attempt at like that dancing up there with Jeff, everything was like, everyone came in and they were like, let's lip sync for our lives here today. And that element to me, bothered me and i'm wondering for those listening i get maybe dms comment who knows but like um did anyone else feel that way it just felt like everyone was like being a little much (laughs) (laughs) 
I hear you. Um, it does sound like you're looking for something <laughs> to pick on about the auction. But like, yes, I do feel like people were like overexcited, overacting, but I think it was genuine. You know, sometimes you're like, sometimes you have a fun day at work and your reaction, well, I don't know, maybe every day is a fun day for you at work. But like, for me, it's like, sometimes you like, you, you know, you can have the Christmas party at work or something like that. And it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to put on fun for this because I'm happy to not, you know, be at my desk right now. And I feel like for them, it's like, there, this is an easy reward. It's easy food. Like, yeah, we're going to have fun today. And maybe it doesn't come so naturally to everybody. Emily's dance uh, is a perfect example. But I le- I don't mind seeing that side of them. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess my... I wonder, because a part of me really appreciated the sort of like... Uh, I don't know if you want to call it like the trailer to the auction that took place like ahead. Um, that's sort of the package that they put mm. together. Part of me like genuinely appreciates that, especially like we got to see Shambo on our screen in 2023. But there's another part of me that wonders like when we overhype these things, do we sort of set ourselves up for failure in that sense? Like if this, if had this not been such a hype challenge, I guess what I wonder if you're new to Survivor, right? Like if you started watching the new era, for instance, like, Dude, I, I can't imagine you'd come away from this being like, oh, yeah, like, I get it. Um, but yeah, well, it's interesting I think about that. At- I think about that with things like Big Brother, right? Like they have their iconic challenges, like standing yes, on the wall or great. whatever, or like that stupid robot. And it's like, I've been paying more attention. I, yeah, granted, I wasn't watching it, but I was paying a lot of attention. And I'm like, oh, this robot. Yeah, I've heard of the robot. But I'm like, if I was watching this, I'd be like, what the fuck is this stupid robot? So I think yeah. that kind of goes with, you know, every show builds up their lore. And like, yeah, you you had those iconic, and they flash back to some, some of those moments they flash back to weren't iconic, right? Like, but some of them were, and you had that uh, moment with Sari feeding Eric the chocolate cake off her fingers like there's an iconic auction moment and it's like yeah you know it (laughs) it's just been built up over time as this thing and like I think they had to kind of put that trailer in because it's been so long and they've probably picked up a lot of new viewers who probably are aware of the auction but they're like this this is gonna be a moment did it live up to being that moment that they're you know teasing with all these incredible moments from the past maybe not but I think it worked I have an idea. Why don't we do a special episode of Drop Your Buffs doing like the most iconic moments in auction history? Okay. Or we could or we could rank the top 10 auctions. Like we'll we'll we'll, we'll figure it out, but let's do something around this. I have to say not only was there a Shambo alert in that montage, but there was also a Karen Gordell alert in that. Your girl, montage. your girl Lee. She is the leading actress of Palau. Did you have a favorite item from the auction? Hmm. Well, the one that was the most random for me was Drew getting, was it pretzels and candy or what was that? Or M&Ms? It was just a mix of candy, but it was like, there was some kind of, some kind of like cylindrical chocolate in there that I didn't recognize. And there Uh was gummy bears mixed in. It was just a bowl of candy. I didn't love every, like the charcuterie was so random to me um, because I, again, like I just, I don't really think I'd be wanting dairy. Um, But to, to, to not answer your question, I felt myself missing the spaghetti and meatballs. That was something I, I don't know. Why, I don't know. I've all, it's like, I, part of my love of the auction is what was being auctioned. And so this, like, a chocolate shake to me is like, 
just not as exciting. I just like I remember there's one too where it was like I I actually remember this. I have no idea which season this was, but when there was garlic bread with the meatballs, and I remember the crunch of the garlic bread, and it's just like these are, you know, moments. Um, so no, nothing stood out for me in this one. What about for you? I was surprised that there was no big meal. You know, usually there's a burger yeah. and fries, right? Like, and that's you get really lucky. They usually leave it covered. Um, and so I was, I was missing the big meal, whether it was spaghetti or burger and fries or steak or something like that, um, didn't happen, but I would say the fish eyes was a nice inclusion because, you know, we haven't had on survivor in a very long time, people at a challenge eating something like that. And it was like such a moment and the way that the like membrane separated from the eyes, it was hanging out of Austin's mouth. Like I really, really loved that moment. Um, Yeah, that was good. Was there a thing that like really caught my eye? Not really. In fact, if I had to choose something, but you know what? No, <clears throat> to go back. Yeah, I love to see the meal, but I also liked that this was a little bit old school in that it was like pretzels and beer, right? Or that it was a bowl of fries. Like that's not a good, that's not a good prize, but it's like, yeah, I'm going to eat it and I'm probably right. going to lick the ketchup out of the bowl too. Mm-hmm. Um, So I appreciated that there was like, that there were low key items that that like harken back to yeah a few Doritos right like, like yeah. and it wasn't that bad but yeah yeah you know that was a time when when that uh-huh. was what they were excited to get you know it makes me think so it's kind of thinking about my earlier comment about like they're not really that hungry I guess what I would amend that to say is because we see so little of the survival component of the show these days. I guess I don't really know how much they're suffering. Jeff has gone out of his way to say 26 days is harder because they get no food. But if that is the case, which very well may be the case, we don't see that. And we don't really get a lot about them starving. I know there was like that montage a few episodes ago where they're like pizza and like all of that. But as far as like, we don't see a lot of physical changes in their bodies the way we once did, which was the biggest indicator. And we don't just don't see a lot of them foraging. We don't see a lot of them trying to fish. We just, that's not really a part of the show. And I think that maybe is what makes the auction for me less appealing is I don't have a sense of their hunger level. It, it might be there, but I just don't have a sense. And therefore it's not as rewarding to watch them being fed. Yeah, that's true. It was, uh, remember back in, ooh, 40, Three, I think they had uh, when they got their fishing gear, they kept showing. Was it Ryan? Remember the hot guy, Ryan, um, in 43? He would go out with the fishing gear and they, they had like a, a few episodes of this where they would show him out fishing. I was like, oh, that's so refreshing. And they have fishing gear here. We just haven't seen them use it. But I do think, yeah, you think back to some of those early seasons where they had tons of rice, but it was like a big storyline that they were starving and all they had was rice. And so it does impact the way that you think about their experience where here they just got rice for the first time which Mm -hmm. we'll get to in a second i do think the most random item though at the auction was the the last item that kelly purchased which was a margarita a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and potato chips which like she may be the first person in history to have that combination as a meal yeah that's strange i would have liked a martini oh that would go straight to the head. You know, at my dinner last night, they did, instead of a, it was like a coursed dinner, and the first course was a martini. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I thought that was well, so cheap. Well, that's cheat. how you make a chaos dinner. That's how you make a chaos dinner. You gotta start with a martini. Can I ask you, we're sitting next to Sarah Michelle Geller at your dinner last night. Did she mention Survivor 45? Yes, she did. Um, Ted, she can sure you tell did. us what she said? 
just, I mean, nothing deep on it, but like she's loving this season. But oh do you want to know, this is a little intel, which I thought was funny. Um, I was like, oh, is, is the, cause you and I had talked about the thing that SMG probably likes about it is it's the show she watches with her family, blah, blah. And she, and she was like, actually, she was like, my kids aren't as into it anymore. She was like, our show. I was like, well, then what is your show? Their show is The Amazing Race. Wow. I know. Wow. Yeah, it's very surprising. Sarah and, I and gotta Freddie say, should do The Amazing Race. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I gotta say, too, Parvati was supposed to be at my dinner, but sadly had to fly. It's so funny. It's like, I'm in LA, part the home of Har- Parvati. Parvati flies to my home in New York. So she was in New York for a gig that she's doing there. So that was unfortunate because we had so much, like, Bravo and so much Drag Race, and it would have been really fun to get you know, like Parvati and Trixie Mattel. And yeah, it was a missed opportunity. Um, but hopefully during part two. Or to have May and Sarah Michelle talking about Survivor. I know. Next time. Next time. Next time. Maybe next year. Definitely next year. Okay. Well, can we talk briefly about the Women's Alliance? Because um, I do feel sure, briefly. very briefly, very briefly, because... What is there to say? I'm a little worn out on this. Like every season, there's going to be a Women's Alliance and it never comes together. And it does feel like now it's becoming sort of like uh, a chapter in the story that they need to tell as to why a Women's Alliance isn't happening. And maybe they just need to take a step back from that when it's not going to happen because it's so depressing because you have all like... All of these women are so great. And to have sort of like, finally, we're seeing like Julie and Dee talk to Kelly and talk to, and and Emily's there and Couture is there. And like all these people that are on sort of like different groupings in the tribe, different alliances are coming together and talking about potentially working together is so exciting. Um, And then you can tell that it's just like not real because, uh, and and for like good, for good reason. I mean, like as Emily describes, like, look, I've put so much time into building a relationship with Austin and Drew. I'm not going to flush it down the drain to be like the bottom of the next alliance. So, uh, and so she goes and tells Drew, but I thought Drew's response was really good because he thought, okay, I can work with this. And like, we can use this for a couple of rounds. Um, And unfortunately, Bruce's win uh, nixed that, but. I don't know. I just feel like I could have done without the storyline entirely because I'm getting my hopes up every year. Yeah, I think it just needed to be cut out because there just was like one conversation that was had and then no more heft to it. And like, we've always seen Katora on the outs. So like, it just didn't make sense. Like this formation didn't have legs. I think this was an example of something that I mentioned several weeks ago where like, I would think anyone who plays Survivor is having every type of conversation in order to then figure out. So the show probably benefits from being able to bring in the sort of like, you know, there's gotta be an instance when even like Katora and Bruce find themselves alone at the water well and at least talk about a final two. Like that's just, you're always trying to make deals. So yeah, if you find a circumstance where you've got all the women together and the men happen to be away, yeah, of course you're going to mention the female, like, you know, the possibility of an all-female alliance. To your point about, like, I'm sick of this, what I'm sick of is, like, the women themselves acting like this is, like, never happened before, and then they call themselves, like, super fans of the show. It's like, we've had many successful women's alliances. Do we want more? Yes, right? Like, not enough. We've certainly not had enough, but, like, we've done this before. There is precedent, and your super fans, wake up. To their credit, I don't think that they said that this has never happened before. In fact, 
In fact, I think it was maybe Katora or D said this hasn't happened in a long time, and the the women haven't had the upper hand in these kinds of numbers at this point in the game in a long time. And so, okay. wouldn't it be nice if we took advantage of this? Okay, just anyway. I just want to put no, 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 you're right. <laughs> and Katora made such a point. You're about right. It. I'm wrong. No, just kidding. <laughs> And Katora made such a point in this episode about being a survivor historian, which I really appreciated because that's yes. not something I really knew about her. And she's pulling out facts and uh, and auction facts, and like I, re- I really liked that. I liked seeing that side yeah. of Katora. It's funny, like when you think about like a survivor historian, right? Because there's so many like delineations between that. Because it's like I'm a survivor historian, but like there's a, so much, so many blind spots for me. Like I would consider you a superior historian, but like you've got like your like um, what's that guy Mike on Rob has a podcast. Mike Bloom. Yes. So like Mike Bloom is like, or or I was gonna say, how do you say Dalton Ross's name, but like verbally put asterisks, asterisks, asterisks in the d- d- rolls. Yeah, there you go. That. Um, like people like that are like historians, right? Like can tell you, like when we say auction, they're like uh, you know, rattling off. They could do the listicle, like just, you know, hand them a microphone, go. Um, so it's interesting. There's just so many forms of a super fan. Totally, yes. Like someone that I was with recently was mentioned that they were a super fan. And then I mentioned some things that I considered sort of not baseline, but like, oh, great, we'll be able to talk about blah, blah, blah. And we weren't. And so I was like, oh, okay. So like you're a casual but longtime viewer. I know. Yeah. So everybody thinks they're a super fan until they meet mm-hmm. a super fan. Mm-hmm. And it happens to me too. But, wait, but okay, I know that we said we were done with the auction, but we forgot to talk about how they fixed the auction, which was this whole thing. I actually liked the scramble in the jungle. I, I know people feel, I think people feel mixed about that, but I liked that. I liked that there was like a, some mechanism to have them have different starting amounts of money. Um, and then I didn't mind that there was some kind of punishment for people who had the most money left at the end, but I don't think it really worked fully. One, I don't like that the punishment was take away a vote, like enough with taking away votes, Jeff. That's that we've had enough. And the auction should never result in, unless like one of the like booby prizes is a disadvantage where it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, sorry, under this, under this, whatever you call those. um, What are those called? The things you pick up off food? Tray. I want to like say a, it starts with a cuh. Anyways, under one of those is a disadvantage. Like, sorry, you maybe not lose your vote, but I don't, I don't know what it is. But, um, the, you know, what they were trying to do was incentivize them to spend their money. Unfortunately, it just, like, became predictable because it was like, okay, the next item is just going to the person with the next most amount of money. And so, like, there needs to be some way to get them to withhold their money. And I think that one of the things I would like to see at the auction is if you think back to the token chains auction, where it's like a phone call home, uh, letters from like some kind of love from home and and be straight up that that or like establish through several seasons that that is an item that's going to be up for grabs at the auction, then people might not be like, I'm going to spend all my money on French fries. Uh, I'm going to withhold and take the risk that I might be the one left with the most money at the end. Yeah. But I didn't mind it. If we're birthing a new auction, I think they did an okay job. So I hated that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I felt like that needed to be like, so they needed to get to the auction, put up how much money everyone had. And then we at home would have been like, wait, what? And then they needed to do like 
a 20 second flashback to the challenge and then how it all played out. I just didn't think like we needed to like sit and watch this all play out. It was very low stakes because for, for many reasons. So I felt like this was like trim, 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 trim. We could trim this, we could trim that out. We could trim out the talk of the women's alliance. I have more trimming that could be done. I still stand by the fact that it is necessary that this show be 60 minutes as most television shows are i don't think expanding does any favors and and the best metric for this is that all of your favorite episodes not you sean you listening all of your favorite episodes of survivor have been 60 minutes mm-hmm. and i'm not I have the first some, person to say that i have some bad news for you i know yeah i, I know yeah do you know i do well, not only has uh, Survivor 46 been announced with a premiere date in February, which feels really early, but don't quote like don't quote me on how that early that is or not. Feels really early, but it's the end of February. Um, ninety minute episodes are back, uh, but not only that, the first two episodes of Survivor 46 will be two hours each. KMS. That's a lot of hours. Yeah. Womp womp. There was a new uh, Propes interview, though, where he, he was, he, you know, the, Propes is not a great interview, um, but he gave an interview talking about, you know, asking, is there more consideration for uh, returning player season? And he seemed to hint at the fact that, like, it's in the conversation. But it was, again, he said nothing concrete. Uh, the one thing he did put the kibosh on is uh, the, like, well, changing the seasons back to themed seasons. Uh, he said it just didn't make sense. Uh, it does. <laughs> but agree disagree um and then it doesn't wait there was no talk of whether or not we're moving on from fiji but i just don't see that happening what do you say we play a round of star starless i would love well i'd love to but i know some people wish we wouldn't but but yeah let's spin the wheel and and by the way sean we need to come back for season 46 with a theme song for star starless yeah i'll get cody on it cody does cody listen to drop your buffs (laughs) fuck no it's so random though he'll listen to an interview like he listened to the carolyn interview without ever having watched 44 and then he'll listen to something like that and then he'll get all riled up and he's like oh, i'm applying for a survivor and i'm like well oh show God. me the tape and he doesn't do it but he get he get like he gets into it at like really random moments uh-huh. so sometimes what does he, does. he what does he think of your like success as a podcaster <laughs> no i'm serious I, I, uh, I think <laughs> like I, success yeah, I mean, I, like, I remember back in the Aussie interview, like, you were so nervous to, like, do an interview, and now you're, like, it's like you're you're a full-on fucking pro. I was shaking in my boots the, for the first, like, ten interviews. Um, but I think, he, I don't know, I think he's proud. I'll have to ask him. Okay, well, he's not listening, so I was, was going to say, Cody, are you proud? But, yeah, get, will you get back to us next week about if Cody's proud? Yeah, maybe I'll get him to record a voice. <laughs> yeah, wait, no, but please. Yeah. Uh, do you need me to do the Star of Starless or do you have the names? Oh, no. I, I have it right. Okay, okay, okay. This okay, is my segment. Nice try. Um, okay. First up, we've got Austin. Starless. Starless. D. Star. Starless. Uh, Emily. Starless. Starless. I'm going through the EW one, so I'm having to scroll past uh, people that have already been kicked out. Okay. Bruce. Star. Starless, and I'm gonna, we're gonna have to pause. Show me what was Star in this episode about Bruce. I just really, it comes to mind really quickly if it's a star. 
I know you didn't like the the scramble in the jungle, but I thought that that was actually hilarious. The moment where Bruce is walking around missing everything and walking and Dee was like criticizing him. That's also why Dee gets a star. I just thought she was really funny. I thought that whole situation was funny and made it worth it to watch a scramble in the jungle. Okay. T. Drew. Starless. Starless. Julie. Starless. Starless. Jake. Star. Star. Katora. Starless. Starless. Kelly. Star. Starless. Kendra. Star. Starless. And I think that concludes our star or starless. Okay, I knew you were going to give Kelly a starless, but I have to, I have to and take And I knew it, you were going to give her a star. This. Yeah, well, because she's a star in this episode, and it's the only episode I've ever given her a star in, and I think it was well-deserved because so rarely in the new era... Do we get somebody blindsided and not go up and be like, great move, guys, you did it. Like, I hope you have the best time. I can't wait to vote for a winner. She was pissed off. And I really, really liked the reaction. I liked that she was like, I don't even have my torch. Ugh, I have to go get my torch. Like, I love that. I love that. I wish the temper tantrum was bigger. Uh, I well, thought that, that everything a bigger temper tantrum might have well star starless star rising at the very least starless like, rising but that, that, no, but that's nowhere it. to rise there's, no, there's nowhere to go but down from I here. just think Sean I, I gotta like step in here and just say like if that's where if that's a star like if this is a star making turn in an episode of Survivor that to me is is more of a speaking to the quality of this season okay noted like I'd say no but like you can't you can't admit that like if that's a star i'm not taking away your designation if that's a star haven't we lowered our bar a little a little bit it's not emily in episode one but like may i yeah bring her back (laughs) where'd she go am i coming in hot yeah you are you know what's funny i started this episode so hungover and i haven't eaten anything yet and um now i don't i don't know where i came from but I, i feel I feel better. <laughs> you got energized. It's the star starless. It's the power of star starless. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say about D, I just find hilarious. Like I find D really, really funny. I think all of her confessionals are great. Uh, I loved her sipping the, the milkshake. Like, I just think that she is great delivery, um, both in confessional and with other people. Um, and then Kendra, after the auction, I have to say Kendra got this backstory and like, A hundred percent. I know that if you compare this to what I say about everybody else's backstory, it doesn't make sense. But Kendra's backstory really got me. And I I don't even think that it was like relevant to the episode or her story, really. I mean, like, I, I get the like connection between the dad and the beer. But like, I don't know if it's like I'm getting older or if it's like with the loss of a parent, but anybody talking about their parents in an emotional way like really gets to me and Kendra really got me with this backstory. And I was like, okay, like she's not, you know, like, I don't know. It humanized her in a way that she's not just a a cartoon character version of Drew Barrymore for me anymore. Okay. I also loved her reactions at tribal. Like they're just iconic. I think that I'm just always going to be a fan of like the moment that Kendra gave to the, to the camera. I'm always going to like feel more impacted when that same conversation happens with a player. Of course. Okay. Can we talk about the rice negotiation, which Jeff uh, says is a staple of Survivor now? And it started with like, okay, if it, 
let's negotiate on how many people are going to you know step down for rice and then it became well it better be four or it better be five uh and now he pulls out this knife and stabs the rice bag what did you make of this it needed to happen from the outset. He like waited so long to do it until there was just two more people. It's like, you need to, from the jump, cut the bag. And also there was that little thing at the base of it to collect the rice. So it's like, if I were them, I would have intuited what was happening prior to it happening. Sorry, what do you mean? There was a little bucket at the base to collect the rice. Yeah, but they don't get that rice. No, I know. I'm saying I would have oh. known that this it was going to that this was going to happen. Uh, it's literally hanging. I don't my first thought wouldn't be as Jeff is taking out a knife and stabbing the rice bag. Okay. Um, I think that's a leap. Mm-hmm. A hop skip and a leap. I just like hmm. I guess it's like because I was about to say it's like I just don't think it's that high stakes to have four people. Because of the way the game is right now and so uncompetitive, if you will, it's like, yes, there's a world in which like there's seasons you can think of when it's like, I couldn't even name one person that would go out because there's just too much at stake. I just feel like if anything, the ease of this decision sort of underlines the low stakes here. It's like we Drew's not up to be in the conversation to go home. Austin's not in the conversation to go home. Emily's not in the conversation to go home. I could name more, but it's just like there's very few people that have really been up for debate. And even then it's like, I don't know, like no one's really playing like a strong, like um, brute game this season. No, there's no brute game. That's true. And And, and I think it's because like the the story we're seeing, I think this is the way it's going to play out is like the power of the, the Reba four. The power of the Reba four. Like they're just D. That would be Julie, that would be Austin, and that would be Drew? Yes. With the addition of Emily, I still think she's like probably on the bottom of that, although I could see a situation where Drew boots one of D or Julie uh, and lets Emily take their place. But uh, I, I think that that's kind of the way this season is going, and I don't mind that. My concern is that like every episode since the merge there has been some kind of a twist and unfortunately in the next time on survivor we saw jeff hint at something about three people are going to lose their vote as a result of something in the challenge and it's like can we just let the tribe vote in a normal way um this is about as normal as we got in this episode with bruce still losing his voters as a result of the auction but i would like to see how this plays out because you know whether whether it just goes Reba strong to the end, like I don't mind watching that. Like that's okay. A lot of great seasons have had that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but they seem to be trying to engineer a situation in which, you know, a dominant alliance will be dismantled by default. And that I don't like. Uh yeah. so that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. So it's it's not like the way the game I I, I, ha- I take far less umbrage with the way that the players are playing the game. Um and I take more umbrage with the way that the show is manipulating the game that the players are playing. I totally agree. I'm totally like, yes, I'm snapping my finger. And I think that's why sometimes I get for those people that don't like star or starless. I like feeling it's like a lot of my qualms are not with these players, but with the current structure of the game and how they are forced to play the game. Yeah. 
And and yeah, and and in a lot of ways, the the format of the game and the structure of the game and the format of the show doesn't let some potential stars shine because we're too focused on like counting, basically, as Billie Eilish put it, like doing math. Uh, Okay. Is there anything else we need to talk about here? Well, I guess uh, I do want to touch on Jake and where he's at because Jake gets put in this really uncomfortable position after Bruce wins immunity, which, by the way, Julie was right there. Julie was, she was our only hope in that moment. And unfortunately, she couldn't hold on. But I was very impressed to see Julie in this very physical or like strength based challenge. Yeah. Either absolutely. At the end. I still am one of those people that it's like, I'd rather fans comment on Twitter saying the two oldest people made it to the end rather than Jeff. There's just totally. something about it. Despite the fact that I think it's done with genuinely good intentions, and I think he's trying to highlight something, I just don't love it. Well, what it highlights for me is that these are the two oldest people? Exactly. Totally. They're not old. Yeah. They're like, they're like my age. <laughs> 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 you want to talk about the oldest person, Jeff? That's you. Uh, happy birthday to Jeff, by the way. Happy birthday. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, th- I I liked seeing Jake backed into the corner here. And there was that great scene, I thought, with Kelly and Emily going to him being like, let's get him to throw out a name and then we can like sort of like use that against him. But he knows what's going on. And I just think that like Jake gets a star. It's so much because of his delivery. And look, he is a, a man of the theater. He he's an actor. Uh, he's trained in, in performance. And so... Uh, the way that he's sort of like, uh, well, as long as it's not me, sounds like a good plan to me, like talking out of the side of his mouth. I thought that was really great. And then the way he brought that into tribal council. Do you think that when he was stumbling over his words in tribal council, that that was an act? Not when he said the thing about the idol, but when he was like, um, I just can't, I don't know. Do I think that was an act? Yeah. No. Oh. What would the act be? Well, the act would be, what would be what would be like the out the goal of the act setting up the believability of when he does slip like quote like pretend to slip up and say if i pull out my idol that it becomes more believable oh he's like so discombobulated oh he i slipped. didn't catch that i didn't catch that oh yeah he i thought said, you meant his like stumbling to start speaking I, yeah i missed that then yeah that's the, then maybe so an act <laughs> yeah yeah so like he starts and he's like uh jeff i just i can't like I can't form a sentence. There was a moment where I was like, is he going to pass out? Is this what this all led to? Oh my God. Um, thankfully that didn't happen. But then later in the conversation, he goes, well, it's just like, why aren't we playing? Why aren't we playing? If if there's a split, someone's on the other side of that split. What's that person doing? Because when I pull out my idol, I mean, when I pull out, if I pull out the idol and I thought that, I thought that the stumbling in the beginning of tribal was setting up that line delivery of, if I pull out my idol, um, that they would believe that more because they were just like, oh, he's, he's got brain fog and he slipped. Hmm. If so, Emmy. Grammy. <laughs> uh, but Jake had nothing to worry about because it was a big blindside on Kelly. And again, just want to highlight Kelly's Star. reaction here. What the hell, guys? Like turning to Emily, you did this. Like, I love that. I love it. I like it too, but like, I think that that's, I'm I'm going back to the lowering of the bar thing. I like well, it, but it's like something I expect. <laughs> yes, exactly. It should be par for the course. The problem is it's not. And so yeah, when somebody yeah, brings okay. that back, I have to appreciate it. To- like totally, I praise right. that. Please, if you're going to 
if, if you are listening to this and you show up on Survivor 47, no matter how you feel, be pissed off because it's better TV. And this show is about making TV. How about that? Uh, and then one other thing to mention is that with Kelly gone, this puts Austin in a situation where he has two fully power idols because Jemaya has gone. Kelly's gone. They both had amulets. Austin has exacted his sandwich revenge. And he is now set up in a strong alliance with two idols, which if I'm Drew, maybe I'm looking at replacing Austin with Emily. Yeah. That could be interesting. Yeah. There's something about Drew and Austin that just makes me think they're not going to turn on each other. There's something about Drew and Austin that makes me think they might kiss. There's something about Drew and Austin that makes me maybe want to watch them kiss. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a lot of survivors after the show, they go on cameo. Maybe they should go on OnlyFans. Maybe we could do a cameo. We could get buy two cameos <laughs> and string them together like dialogue. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I, I'd have to work this out. Like, like we'll like, get we'll get Drew to do a kissy face to the left, and exactly. we'll get Austin to do a kissy face to the right. Bitch, we don't need that. We've got AI. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> we can render that in, in a second flat. Okay, perfect. Have you I seen those they... ones on Twitter going around right now of like Henry Cavill getting fucked by? Um, <laughs> One of the, I don't know, some other Marvel person. I haven't seen that one. I've seen the Shawn Mendes ones. I saw them in the car, in the backseat of the car. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Get him on Survivor. Okay, Seriously. we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, okay, wrap it up. We will be headed to the Patreon after show right after this. So if you are not a patron, go check that out. The link is in the show notes to this episode. Of course, you can find us on Instagram at Drop Your Buffs. You can find us on Twitter at Drop Buffs Pod. What is the emoji we're gonna be commenting on the Instagram? I have an idea, unless you have something. Was it something food related? It was gonna be a wad of cash. Okay. Got a lot of shots of cash this episode. You know, you just see that on Survivor. So mm-hmm. how about the wad of cash? Whichever currency you like. I'm going to go American, but, you know, you do you. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Till next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.